Hello and welcome to the ETOF 2-1 Sports Podcast for June 23rd. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 2-1 Sports. We have a phenomenal show lined up for you today. XFL Jim's going to come on. We're going to talk some USFL playoffs. We're going to tell you what bets to lock in for the CFL+. Plus, I'm doing the fantasy talk by myself. Unfortunately, Nick and I, my schedule is shit this week. And we couldn't make it line up. So I'm going to be giving you a preview of the Saints and the Panthers in terms of fantasy football. Then Brandon's going to come on. He's going to talk some NASCAR. And then the NBA draft was last night. A lot of trades going on. I'm going to give you a quick recap of what I think happened and everything. I'm really looking forward to that. We have a great show for you lined up. So let's jump right into it. We have reached the part of the podcast where you're going to be talking some USFL and XFL, and who better to come on than the man, the myth, the legend, XFL, Jim. How you doing, my man? Doing great. I uh, had a great weekend of uh, the final regular season of the USFL, week two of CFL. Still trying to, still trying to really get how CFL Plus works. Um, that's that's become a thing, but you know we're battling through. We've kind of talked about that before, you know, both of us had an issue with the XFL, with their social media team and their marketing and everything. USFL, uh, we feel is better this year, but again, we kind of like are a little bit, we think it could be better. We'll put it that way. Oh, yes. The CFL, they keep pushing this goddamn XCFL plus. I'm not going to lie. I just gave up Friday night, the Red Blacks game. I just, I just said, fuck it. I texted you. You know, you said you'd look into it. I was like, dude, fuck it. You know, I, I, I literally, I couldn't figure it out. And I was just like, I, who cares? You know, I'm just, I'm just going to go to bed. I don't understand with a product as in my, it's as good. It's the, it's the second best professional football league. The product on the field in the CFL is better than any other football league sans the NFL. I get that the rules are different. That doesn't make the game any less exciting. I don't understand why they can't get like a decent TV deal. Which makes zero sense. I thought CBS Sports, CBS Sports, because they're, they're the thing why it should, they should just play it on CBS Sports Network is TSN is already there. TSN is broadcasting it through Canada. You would just pay money to have TSN's feed and just go with it. It's so easy for it. Was so last year was it was so easy on ESPN Plus because all you have to do. TSN does everything. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe TSN's asking for more money, but they do everything. They do a professional broadcast, and then you just have to like simulcast it. It's not that hard, you know. Really disappointed, and uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll start in the CF, uh, CFL. Obviously, this is going to come out Friday morning, Thursday night. So the BC Lions Winnipeg Jets game will already be played or be playing at this time. So we're going to start out with the Montreal Argonauts coming off a bye, playing the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who are quite frankly embarrassed on, at Toronto. Tiger Cats laying two and a half over under 43 and a half. I kind of like the Tiger Cats here. Actually, you know what? That's my best bet of the weekend in the CFL, the Tiger Cats minus the two and a half. Who do you like? here my friend so when the season started and I, we were doing previews and whatnot i took the, the the shot and i said by the end of the season matthew shields will be the starter for the hamilton tiger cats now it sucks that it happens this week because bo levi mitchell is hurt 
But I honestly believe through the first two weeks that Bo Levi Mitchell has not been playing very well. He's looked mediocre at best. I think Schiltz gives the Hamilton Tiger Cats a better ceiling. I think the team can rally around him. And I like the weapons he has available. I liked him last year in relief of Dane Evans. I liked him as a starter last year. I like the Tiger Cats here, minus two and a half. Give it to me. I like Give me the Tiger Cats, please. I, I completely co-sign on that. So Jim and I are both on the Tiger Cats, minus two and a half here. Next one we're going to is we're going to Calgary. The stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop. Rough Riders are getting three and a half against the Calgary Stampeders. Over under is 45 and a half. My initial read on this, I don't trust Calgary to win by margin. That was the most unimpressive double-digit victory I've seen in a while last week against the Red Blacks. Where's your head here? I like the Rough Riders even in their blowout loss. I, it's weird. So the like the Rough Riders lost by a shitload. Calgary won by a ton. But I kind of have opposite feelings of both teams. I liked how the Rough Riders kind of looked in their loss in some respects. And Calgary to me is I think they're going to be named my benchmark team where if you have the potential to be a good team, you're going to beat Calgary. If you're a bad team, you will lose to them every time. And usually I'm pretty good about eyeing that sort of team. So I'm going to take yeah. the Rough Riders plus the three and a half. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on that plus 150 money line. I like it. I like your thought process here a lot. Um, I'll probably be on the uh, Rough Riders too as well. Nothing yet for me. Last game, we're seeing Toronto after the very impressive win over the Tiger Cats. Going to Edmonton, laying seven on the road with an over-under of only 44 and a half, which seems a little tender to me. It does. I mean, yeah. Edmonton did get goose egged last week by the Lions, so maybe everyone's... I mean, people are just hating on this offense for Edmonton, hating on Cornelius. The offense hasn't looked great, but they still have weapons. I think they can get... They just need a chance to get it turning. I'm going to go to the well one last time. I'm going to take the Elks plus the seven. Ooh. You couldn't make that money line big enough for me to bet the Elks straight up. I'll probably take the seven here. I think we're going to see some money come in, though, on Toronto, so I'm going to wait this one out, but I'm definitely leading the Elks. Uh, the 44 and a half just kind of seems a little low to me, but... I will take the over. I'm going to dabble. I would definitely lean to the over there as well. Um, now, let's shift our attention over to the USFL. Uh, i got to give the USFL credit. Every game met something this year, this last week, which I really felt hyped it up. We talked about it on our show Spring Fever, which is on our YouTube channels. Make sure to check that out. We're live every Wednesday night, about 9.30, 9.45 Eastern time. Um, USFL, week one to week, week, excuse me, season one to season two. Where's your head at? Did you like it? Were you pleased with it? What could improve? What exceeded your expectations? Just kind of overall thoughts about I had um I had three I had really just two major takeaways from the USFL year two three probably I'll have three uh one the season flew by compared to last year last year the season just felt like it lasted so much longer um I feel like a big part of that is the fact of the overlap with the XFL and how much I cover the XFL as well you're just kind of covering both leagues there's a lot going on and then as soon as the XFL is done it gets like a week or two to breathe. And then the CFL is basically starting up. So it doesn't have a lot of, if you're a spring or alternative football enthusiast, it doesn't have a lot of time to just breathe on its own. Um, yeah. But 
it was still fun. Like I, that's not a negative on the USFL. The season just seemed to go by fast. It was a blast. I feel like the worst teams obviously got better. I feel like the gamblers improved. I feel like the showboats improved, even though they basically had very similar records, at least the showboats. Um, they still improved the level of play. And obviously the Panthers and Maulers performed better. They were the two worst teams in the league last year. And now they're in the playoffs. Yeah. The one thing I liked is they kind of got the big East super fan going on with the Michigan Panthers at the home games. Um, I think there's little creative marketing ways they could kind of do that with Pittsburgh, with new Orleans, Memphis. Oh, there's definitely ways they could go about that in every market. Et 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 Um, I have heard certain rumors that they might be dabbling with putting a team in Canton. Really? I like having like just a team in Canton. And I would love that because that seems to be a, that like, that seems to be aside from Birmingham, that was their spot. So yeah, I like the I move. Like, so it'd be a completely new franchise then. I believe so. Unless they just do the thing where they change one of the franchises and then make it a Canton team, which that I wouldn't like. So the Chicago blitz, just making them the Canton blitz. Like that, like that, I mean that they, they could do that or like what they did with the friggin' uh, Tampa Bay bandits to move them to Memphis. What if they yeah. just like move the Maulers to Canton? I would hate that. I would hate that too. But like, if they just bring a new, if they bring one new team in, you'd have to bring two, and then you get the expansion. There's a lot of weird stuff that's potential. It opens um, up the doors. Games this week, obviously, you know, if you've been listening to Jim and I, we gave out the Maulers. I only got them at eleven to one. I'm a loser. I didn't get the twelve to one that Jimbo got. They're laying three against the Michigan Panthers over under old bus. 38 for the first half is 18 and a half for the over under. Give me that under for the first half all day. You like that? Uh, you know, I kind of lean that first half under too. I, I lean to that 18 and a half game side. I kind of play the Maulers here right now, you know, but it's hard. It's hard for me to trust the Maulers winning with margin. And Eric, there's already been a little bit of line movement from what I've seen. I believe when this opened, it was minus 120 and the Mothers minus three. So, so I don't, I, I think to me, I, lean, is, I lean towards the Mothers. Not sure. I lean towards the Mothers too. I'm not going to bet it. Um, I will bet second, the full game under. I will be betting the under. This, I, I like that. I would definitely bet that. If this gets. If this gets to two and a half, I'll be on the Maulers, or maybe if the Maulers get down early, I'll look to I'll look, I'll look to them. Uh, the next game, though, the Breakers go, playing the Stallions, Breakers getting three, but it looks like this could be headed to three and a half over under four and a five, 45, excuse me. If this gets to three and a half, I'm betting the Breakers, but pre-flop, I really don't want anything to do with it. The only thing I want to do pre-flop right now is bet this over. I th- the, the Stallions have just been on a tear recently of just playing in a bunch of shootouts. I like that. I like that, Jim. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but what I, think I, what, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to bet the first half under the second half over. I don't hate that either, but I'm just going to bet the full game over for this one. I like that. I like that. So just to review, basically, I have nothing going in the USFL. I'm a big fat loser this week. I don't. Well, want you have the first half under, don't you? Are you betting that or no? I'm going to wait. You know what I mean? Like. I'm gonna wait because I think I think this is gonna get bet up. I think we could see a 19. I don't I know, dude. The total, like the full game total, looks like it's coming down. 
Let me go to Bob Hill real quick. Bob, I found out that Bob Hill and Rivers have had the best USFL odds. So schedule here. Oh my God, they already have they already have the breakers at three and a half. Yeah, there you go. They they have no first half line. They have the breakers and Panthers both at three and a half over at Bobby Hill. When we look at the old our friends over at Bet Rivers real quick. Look at us just giving plugs to free sports books. Um oh, Pinnacle has it at 38. What's Pinnacle? Pinnacle. Oh. I search USFL. Yeah, what are we seeing here? This has ooh. This has three and a half on both of them, too. Mm-hmm. This has three and a half on both of them. And but they have the game under at 38 and a half. And the over under of 44 and a half. So you get better, um, better order on that. So uh shop yeah. around, people. Shop around. That comes down to it at the end of the day. Jim, thanks for coming on. Why do you tell everyone where they can find you and what your live streaming schedule is for games this weekend, my friend? Y'all can find me everywhere at XFL Jim, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, all over. My live streaming schedule this weekend is I'm going to try and stream CFL uh, on the Friday night, and uh, I will be streaming just the USFL on Saturday and Sunday. We'll be streaming both playoff games. Jim, I will do my damnedest to be there, but I'm going to be hating life in Michigan at a tournament. So if I'm not there, I apologize now, but guys and girls. You're going to be there in spirit. You'll be there in spirit. I will be there in spirit. Please make sure to check that out. Also give my boy Jim a follow at XFL Jim. Also the part of this podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Royal Retros. Use promo code spring fever. That's all one word, all capitalized for a 10% discount. Link to it is going to be in the podcast description. Make sure to check that out. Jim, good luck in your bets this week, my friend, and let's make some money, my friend. And good luck in your bets, sir. Please give my boy Jim a follow at XFL Jim. He's going to be streaming every single USFL game this weekend. Funny guy, must watch, knows his shit also when it comes to betting in football. Now, also make sure you go to Royal Rentros. Excuse me. Use promo code SPRINGFEVER for 10% off now let's switch our attention to some fantasy football we have reached the part of the podcast we're going to be talking some fantasy football unfortunately nick cannot be with us today as he has a commitment so it's just going to be me talking about the carolina panthers and the new orleans saints obviously we will start with the carolina panthers panthers they drafted bryce young obviously it's only a matter of time before he starts he is currently Quarterback 24 with an ADP of 152. In terms of quarterbacks that are rookies, I really don't want to draft them unless they have a real high rushing side or going into an incredible situation. Even though I think the situation with the Carolina Panthers is a good situation for Bryce Young, and that's mainly because of the coaching. The one thing that Frank Wright did, and I'm not really that good, big of a Frank Wright type of guy, he did put coaches in place you know they got Josh McDowell they got brought in Deuce Staley 
They got Jefferson, who's arguably the best wide receiver coach. They have a good offensive line coach. They have all, all these coaches in place to make sure that Bryce Young succeeds. I don't know. I just think he's small and he's undersized. Now, we've seen it with Tua. Everyone gets their heart on for Tua. Tua really, Tua really hasn't been that good when you just kind of look at everything going on. I think that they would have been better to take Bryce Strap. C.J. Stroud, excuse me, if they took C.J. Stroud, I would have loved him in this situation, but I'm not a big Bryce Young guy, so I'm going to be passing on Bryce Young just because I don't see the rushing upside, and I think he's going to struggle a little bit to start the year. And then when you kind of look at it, in terms of their quarterback, these young quarterbacks, Young, Stroud, and Richardson, who's going to have the best fantasy career? you got to go Richardson just because of his rushing upside. Because of the rushing upside, I think at the end of the day out of these three that he'll have the best quote-unquote fantasy career in terms of real football anyone that's listened to my stuff knows that I'm a big CJ Stroud guy I think CJ Stroud is going to have the best real football career out of these three young quarterbacks one player that I'm really starting to come around on is Miles Sanders and I know everyone is saying he disappointed last year in Philly but when you look at him he finished his RB15, and he had absolutely a zero factor in the in the passing game and a zero factor inside the goal line. And now you're going to a team in the Carolina Panthers who, per my ranking, has a 12th best offensive line. No, so sorry, they finished as my 12th best offensive line, and right now on my list, they're 10. Now, I did something crazy. I added up the top production every week of CMC, Devontae Forget, Devontae Foreman, and Chuba Hubbard. When I added all those totals up, they produced 307 points. That means the number one guy from Carolina, if you played him every single week, you had RB4 last year. They brought in Deuce Staley, who's one of the better RB coaches in the game. Head, head coach in waiting. It's only a matter of time before he gets it. I think Sanders... You, is going to be a top 10 fantasy football player in terms of the running back. He's going to be a factor in the passing game because Frank Wright has shown us he likes to use the running back in the passing game. And I really think that Jonathan Taylor's rookie season is going to be Sanders' floor when he put up 252.8 points. I think people forget that his TDs were getting poached at the goal line when they look at Miles Sanders. And he finished as RB15, and absolutely nobody is talking about him and how good he had as a season last year. Now, when we look at the wide receiver position, I really don't know what to expect here. And let's be honest, it's really going to be hard to see which player Bryce Young connects with on the field and looks to target. They brought in, obviously, old man Adam Thielen, who I'm not a big fan of. I think he's going to struggle. As soon as they get props up for his season totals, I'm going to be looking to fade him. DJ Shark from the Lions. I really don't know what to expect from either one of these guys. I don't think we're going to see that much from either one. They drafted Jonathan Mingo. I know some of them are, are comparing him to DK Metcalf. I think that's more because of the build that he has. So how he looks physical-wise is why people are comparing him to DK Metcalf. DK is a unicorn. I don't think Mingo is anywhere in the same ballpark of a DK Metcalf. Maybe it's because they both went to Old Miss, but I don't see the comparison with Jonathan Mingo to DK Metcalf. Chanel is coming back to the Panthers. Maybe he can be a little bit of a gadget player. 
think of the way that the 49ers use Debo. Maybe we'll see some of that stuff from Chenault, but we really need to wait and see in the preseason. The one guy I have interest in is Terrence Marshall. People need to realize that Justin Jefferson played behind Terrence Marshall at LSU. You put all their measurables on tape. Marshall has better measurables than Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. All this kid needs to do is get some run. Once this kid gets some run, have it be here in Carolina or when he gets traded, released, signs with a different team, this kid is going to absolutely positively take off. So I'm going to look to take Terrence Marshall. I'm going to look to take Terrence Marshall probably as my last pick. Just with the thought process, I think this kid could really take off and maybe he could be this wide receiver that Bryce Young bonds with and we could finally have that breakout season. It would be a low risk, high reward. Obviously, Miles Sanders, that is a guy that I'm looking to target. I'll be all about Miles Sanders. When we were looking at Miles Sanders right now, his ADP is 51, running back 21. These are players that are going above him. Bryce Young coming off a serious knee injury. Jamar Gibbs, probably going to get no touchdowns at Detroit. Dalvin Cook doesn't even have a team. Aaron Jones I like. Damian Pierce I like. J.K. Gobbin switching to a new offensive system, but I do think he's going to be good. Joe Mixon. And then Miles Sanders. So there's some... And Travis Travis Etienne is going over Miles Sanders, which is absolutely mind-boggling to me. In his same little pocket, Cam Akers, a lot of question marks. DeAndre Swift, Rashard White. There's a lot of questions why people aren't drafting Miles Sanders. I don't get it. I'm going to be all about Miles Sanders. If I could get him in the third round, I'd be doing an absolute backflip. And I really think this is going to be a guy that is going to lead you to a fantasy football title. Now let's shift our attention over to the New Orleans Saints. Now look, I can be wrong sometimes. And when I'm wrong, I admit it. And one thing I was wrong on was I really thought this offense would take a step up with Peter Carmichael. But... It was basically the same. I know everyone's going to say, well, no, it wasn't. Well, you look at it. It scored less points than a Peyton system, but it gained more yards. So they kind of, I know scoring matters, but in terms of fantasy, this is what we're talking about, kind of canceled each other out. You know, we have Derek Carr coming in for Andy Dalton. Carr, Carr performed okay last season, finishing as quarterback 17, missed two games. If he would have made his average of 15.5 fantasy points per game, played a whole season, he would have finished as quarterback 13. If you wait to the end, that's right on the fringe of maybe drafting him. This is going to be his third OC in three years. Because of that, I'm a little bit scared off of Derek Carr. I really only feel like in super flex or in best ball, I think that's where you need to target him. Obviously, with the Saints, the big elephant in the room is Alvin Kamara. What the flying hell do you do with him? He currently has an ADP as 87, running back 32, coming off the board. It's only a matter of time before he gets suspended for the situation that happened at the Pro Bowl a couple years ago, excuse me, last two years ago in Las Vegas. I really feel once we see what happens with that suspension, we are going to see his ADP move accordingly. Personally, for me, Alvin Kamara is someone I do not want to touch. I really think we see him regress a little bit this year. Obviously, the elephant in the room missing games. I don't want anything to do with that shit. Just get me away from Kamara. I don't want anything. Obviously, they have Jamal Williams from Detroit. 
His ADP is 97. He's coming off setting all these records with Detroit. But the reason he set all those records is he set a season a season record for the Detroit Lions with rushing touchdowns. I think we are going to see him come back to earth. I really don't want to do anything with Jamal Williams either just because I don't want to pay a premium for someone coming off their career year. Obviously, you have Taysom Hill. They started to run a little bit more of a wildcat with Taysom Hill last year. Obviously, I don't think that they're going to do that this year with Taysom Hill. Now that they have Derek Carr, who's a little bit better of a quarterback than a Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston, what they had last year. So I'm kind of down on Taysom Hill. I'm a huge Jawan Johnson guy. Obviously, he's a must-follow on TikTok. If you're not following him and his wife, you're really missing out. Finishes a tight end 16. But this is the thing with him. There, It's all over the place. He had six games over 10 points, three games over 15 points, two games over 20 points. But six games under five. His ADP is 144. He's tight end 17. Everyone seems really low on him. Carr does have a history of targeting the tight end with Waller. I think he's worth it. I think he's worth a flyer. Like if you miss out on the Hawk, the Kelsey, and you're waiting and you're trying to get a Dalton Shelton late and you missed out, Jawan Johnson's there. I think he's worth a punt. I think that's someone you could have. In terms of the wide receiver, we have Olave, Michael Thomas, and Rashid Sneed. Obviously, the guy in my eyes that you want to go after is Chris Olave. Michael Thomas, to me, looks like someone that just doesn't want to play football. He's just going through the motions, trying to collect that check. So I'm not really that high on Michael Thomas. Obviously, Sheed's going to be that field structure. Derek Carr does like to throw it downfield. Maybe someone like a Mac Hollins. I think that's what he's going to be comparable to this year. In terms of Olave, I think he's going to be working in the underneath. I think Carr is going to absolutely love him doing that. I think he has the potential to be a top 15 wide receiver in terms of fantasy. So I would definitely look to target Chris Olave. He's ADP 32 wide receiver 14, which kind of seems about right for me. So if I can get him around, then I would look to take him. Obviously, I'm putting a more of a premium on wide receivers this year going into my fantasy football draft. But when you just kind of look at it, people have asked me these questions. Olave or T. Higgins? Look, I'm going to take Olave. I really don't know what T. Higgins. T. Higgins is always going to be Let's face it, the third wheel, just because Zach Taylor likes to run the ball, Jamar Chase is going to be wide receiver one, then it's going to be T. Higgins because of that. I would obviously take Olove is going to be the number one clear cut. Saints for me, uh, Olove or DK Metcalf. This one's a tough one. At the end of the day, Carroll always likes to run the ball. You bring in Smith, Najoa, the kid from Ohio State. You got Tyler Lockett there. You got Geno Smith there, who's obviously going to be due for some regression. I would take Olove. Then you got Olove and Debo Samuel. Look, I'm pro Debo. I love Debo, but he's been beat up a lot. If they were going to use him in the rushing game like they have in the past, I'd look kind of go after Debo a little bit. I don't think they're going to do that because they they know with the questions at the quarterback position, they need him healthy. So I go with Olove over there. Obviously, as you can tell from this, this breakdown from the Saints, the only team that I'm really interested in the only player, excuse me, I'm really interested in is Jawan Johnson and Chris Olove. That's it for the fantasy football part of the show. Nick will be back next week. Next week, we're going to do one of our three teamers. We're going to be breaking down the Green Bay Packers, New England Patriots, and 
the New York Jets. That should be a real fun one. Nick will be back next week for that. Now let's shift our attention over to some NASCAR and welcome Brandon to the show. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're going to be talking some NASCAR and we're going to be going for five in a row and who better to come on than Brandon at Boston Boy 83. Brandon, how are you doing today, my man? Good, man. Uh, really looking forward to Nashville Sunday night race. And if we can rock out five in a row, it would be nice. Now, tell everyone about this Nashville um, track, intermediate track. How does it run like and whatnot? It runs like a mini super speedway, just not packed together. Um, it will be one of those that you are going to see multiple lines. You're going to see a low line, a medium, somewhat high. They put the PJ1 on the high line like they did last year. So once that heats up, you get a lot more traction in the high line. So guys like Reddick, Larson, people that like running the high line will really enjoy this track. But uh, with it being a night race and it being sticky during the day, it's all going to depend what type of weather we get. Does it drop down to the mid seventies, low seventies? Does it stay 80? I think you're going to see uh, a lot of different changes throughout the race. And I'll be honest, like for me, this is always like a tricky one. And I'm not saying this track I'm saying coming back after the, the bye week they always have. I don't know why I call it a bye week Maybe I'm craving it, it but I don't, <sighs> these guys are such routine animals. And their routine kind of got broken up. Some of them go on vacation. Some of them disappear to Mexico for a little bit. Overseas and Europe for a little bit. California, Florida, wherever. Go, They go fishing, you know, whatever. But their routine of driving tends to be a little disruptive because they have this off day. So I'm always a little leery coming back, betting that first race back after this break. So I'll be honest, I only have three bets. I'm actually liking. Same. I get three as well. So we're going for five in a row, five winners, not top tens. I have one top ten. So we're going for five winners. Honestly, I hope to God we get it. It'd be an epic run. Brandon, I'll let you kick off. I'm going to kick it off with my man, the guy that won it last year, the guy that still has to win to get in. I'm going with number nine, Chase Elliott. Won it last year, dominated the race. Needs a win. I mean, we did this with Blaney for the last couple of years, but he was in with points and all that. This man has to win a race to get into the playoffs. And what a better way to come back, getting in the car after a suspension, then getting a bye week, relax, regroup, and come back to a track that you won at last year. So my man, number nine, Chase Elliott at nine to one. The odds match. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um. My first one that I am going to, I am taking Mr. Larson five, plus 550. I know it's chalk, but I'm just looking at it. The last two races here, the two years this track has ran, he has led 44% of the laps. Yeah. 44% of the laps. Led all but 36 laps in 2021. And then you look at intermediate finishes since 2020. Best average finish. And he's led 26.4% of the laps. This guy is just dominating on intermediate tracks. I know, look, I know it's a small price. I know some people are going to say, oh, you're just trying to get the five in a row. No, I see it. That I have seen two people winning it and he's one of them. So I'm going to lock him in. We normally don't bet low and I get it. 
but the stats are there. 44% of the laps led for the last two years. That's, that's a ridiculous style of a number. I'm going to go for my second pick, Mr. Consistency this year. Uh, Ross Chastain, 10 to 1. Guy that's coming off of a bye week, very aggressive. Will hold the throttle down at a mini super speedway like this. Um, I just like what he's been doing all year. I think he's going to get a win soon. And I feel like he's the type of guy that he already drives on edge. And what a better way to take a man like that that did not get in the car last week. It'll be guns a-blazing as he gets in the car this week. So I like Mr. Ross Chastain at 10 to 1. Watermelon man. I was looking at Mr. Chastain. Uh, I'm going another chalk, and I hate myself for doing it. I'm just going William, William Byron. And the fact is, you just look at his intermediate finishes this year. Are you ready for this? Two, one, three, one. His worst finish this year on an intermediate track is three. Let me repeat that. His worst finish this year at an intermediate track is three. Yeah. William Byron, and I have to watch. That's all I'm going to say. That's, that's, and I will say this. Picking off of that pick, I had three, but with you saying that, I, I might make, make that a fourth. We say there's a bye week. People go to Mexico and go on vacations out of the country. This kid probably set in his simulator all week as he has the most wins ever in iRacing history. So if there's anybody that's going to be really familiar with this track coming out of a bye week, it's going to be Byron himself. So good call with, with Mr. William himself. I like that. Uh, third and final bat, my friend. I'm going to dip down in this. This car has run really good at this track. I'm going Ty Gibbs, 40 to 1. I know the monster sponsor was on a different car when Kyle Busch was running on a different team. You got monster back at Nashville. Ty Gibbs has looked pretty consistent and has been running up front. And his odds right now are 40 to 1, which I will say, if you want to touch this bet, you grab him before qualifying. But it is a wide open track. This kid has guts galore. Like Ty Gibbs, forty to one. That's that's my long shot. I'm taking a shot here, and for me, this is just. I hate it when people say gut, but this is just my gut. I'm taking Austin Sendrick, top ten plus three ten. Uh, finished seventh here last year. Um. His last 10 intermediate tracks, he, ha- he has five top 10s. This year, he's kind of struggled. But last year, he was a top 10 machine in intermediate tracks. I'm going to bank on him putting some time on the track, in the simulator, figuring out his machine, his his machine, Jesus, his his car, it's a machine. and getting it on the right track. So I, I like Cendric here. I'm getting him at 10 to 1. I'm getting him at 3 plus 310, excuse me, a little over 3 to 1 to finish top 10. No brainer to me. Give me Austin Cendric, top 10 at plus 310. I like it. Five in a row. Uh, let's do it, dude. Five in a row. We did Hopefully this two we... years ago. We did this two years ago. Hopefully, we can hit this. Brandon, why do you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, my friend? Boston Boy 83, Instagram, Twitch, and Twitter. I am. Looking forward to this race. Hopefully you can cash some tickets and make some money. You know what? Until next week, my friend. Hey, end it with this. Scale 1 to 10. 
Detroit's new logo? Four and a half. Okay. I'm going to give it a six. All right, man. Until next week, my friend. Make sure you give my boy Brandon a follow. It's me, Boston. Boy 83. Now let's talk some NBA. Last stuff has happened in the NBA the last couple of days. Number one, obviously the big move is Porzingis going to the Celtics. What does that do for the Celtics? Celtics get that pick and roll guy they can move with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I really think this is a good pickup. He's going to be able to do some stuff offensively, but I really do feel they need a big to go along with him. He's not going to be able to physically bang with those other guys in the NBA MB and whatnot. So they really do need somebody, some physicality to go along with them. Robert Williams has been really inconsistent. Al Horford's another year older. So I do like that move. I do think it gives them something that they have been lacking in the past couple of seasons. So I do like that move by the Celtics. They do need to do something, though, more to add to what they're trying to build. Two-headed trade, by though, by the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies do lose jones which i think is going to be a very big blow for him for everything that that he does from what he brings to the table for them but on the flip side look you're adding marcus smart hopefully that's the adult in the room hopefully this is the guy that can get through to josh so josh doesn't act like a fool off the court plus you got the defensive minded wing that you missed with dylan brooks so i do like that move for the grizzlies wizards Look, they're just doing a rebuild. They're just doing the hard reset. They're just completely starting starting over. I, They traded. Then they did get Chris Brown. They traded Chris Brown for Jordan Poole. Look, I'm not a Jordan Poole guy. I've been saying it for two years. When everyone had, was, I had their heart on for Jordan Poole, I said it back then. I said, look, he, this kid cannot play defense. He's a complete liability on the defensive end. He's not a good teammate. Turns out Warriors felt the same way, and they traded him for Chris Paul. That just shows you how little the Warriors thought of Jordan Poole, the fact they traded him for Chris Paul. Just let that sit in. Jordan Poole is traded for Chris Paul. Now Poole will get an opportunity to be the quote-unquote man in Washington. Washington's going to be the worst team in the league. And what Washington did is if Washington was going to do this and they were going to throw in the tank, this is something Washington should have done last year where they would have had the draft class that was last night and a chance to get a scoot, a chance to get a Wemba. But... They didn't. They're doing a year too late in my eyes. But hey, that is why they are the Washington Wizards. Flip side of that. Now, Middleton opted out. Rumor is Middleton's going to re-sign for a contract friendly. $30 million over three. Um, you know, that's going to help him get, help the Bucks hopefully be able to do a little bit more. But from what I'm hearing, he's going to re-sign for the, um, for the Milwaukee Bucks. So he's going to be coming back. Draft last night, look, no no surprise. The kid from France, Wemby, went first. Two, I don't, this is what's funny. This is why the Charlotte Hornets are the Charlotte Hornets in my eyes. You have a chance to get Scoot Henderson. You don't take Scoot Henderson because you have LaMelo Ball. Scoot Henderson is going to be way better than Ball. Ball isn't the guy. He. I've gone on record by saying this. Ball isn't that guy. He's not that guy. Now, you could have traded that pick and got in more assets, better players than what you would have gotten in Brandon Miller and you didn't do it. Now you have Brandon Miller there and I'm not a big Brandon Miller guy. I'm, I'm not it. You know, I know 
Stephen A. Smith was talking about what he did in a South Carolina game, and I understand the circumstances of it and everything, but his team almost did. Team should have lost that game. I don't know. I just I think it's, Charlotte's going to look back and say, hey, we fucked up. We should have took Scoop. Next, after that, Blazers get Scoop. Blazers are interesting. You know, you got Scoop. You got um, Sharp. You got Simmons. Good team. Interesting team. Obviously, they have to move Dame. I have no idea where Dame's going to go. I know everyone and their aunt is saying that he is going to go to the, excuse me, Miami Heat. But what would the Heat serve back? Tyler Hero? Do you really want Tyler Hero? Um, I don't know. I think it's just a matter of time. I think they will find somebody to take game Dame in a package. They like. They're in the driver's seat here. They can wait, find someone that they want to do, find someone that they want, and then that's the package they get for Dame. And then, obviously, the other thing that stood out for me over the draft, and I know maybe this is my Pistons homer take, Pistons trading up to get the kid from Houston Salzer means the end for Killian Hayes. That is it for the E-Talk 2-1 podcast for June 23rd. Thanks for tuning in. Until next week, my friend, let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets.